0: Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to the EM360 Podcast with our Ask the Expert series, a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, Editor-in-Chief here at EM360 and your host on today's podcast. Now, joining me on today's podcast, we've got Daniel Barber, who is the CEO and co-founder at Datagrail, the only purpose-built platform of its kind with live data mapping technology and over 150 enterprise integrations with Oracle, Salesforce, Amazon, and numerous others, helping companies achieve and maintain compliance with even the newest data privacy laws. And to give you a little bit of background on Daniel, prior to Datagrail, Daniel led revenue teams at DocuSign nice, TauTap, acquired by Marketo, and Responses, which is acquired by Oracle. He also advises several high-growth startups, including Chorus AI, Outreach I.O. and SignonSite. So Daniel, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today and having a chat with us.
1: Yeah, thank you, Max. Definitely appreciate it and excited to dive in.
0: Of course. So today we're going to be discussing data privacy and the considerations it comes with. So Let's get straight into this and start talking about everything around data privacy, because it's surfaced as more of a priority than ever before. And we're seeing a lot of regional regulations being rolled out, or they're at least coming
1: on the horizon. So what do you think has led to this spate of localized regulations? We've really entered this sort of age of privacy. And I think that's largely in part because the consumer has become more aware around how companies are using their personal information or personal data. And with that awareness, there's sort of now some expectations about what that means for businesses and how consumers expect businesses to proceed with their personal information. You know, part of this stems from the collection of data by different organizations. Obviously, the Cambridge Analytica scandal in 2018 definitely led to some federal oversight and members of Congress looking at how Facebook in particular was using personal data. But I think this is a bigger socioeconomic change that many local and international jurisdictions will see increased regulation just based on sort of consumers' expectation for transparency and control over their personal data.
0: I think I'd be remiss to ask because obviously your San Fran-based and CCPA came in at the start of the year as a recording that was a week ago. So already within the space of a week, have you seen kind of changes and reactions to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've all seen the privacy policy updates. Those came, if we recall, back in May of 2018 in pretty quick fashion. And now we've seen similar types of updates being sent out by companies that operate or have operations with California consumers. Now, it does create some challenges for businesses because the GDPR being sort of the de facto standard for Europe and now a different piece of regulation requiring slightly nuanced additions for California consumers. And I'd expect that will continue that trend towards perhaps local regulations until the U.S. can really move towards a federal piece of regulation.
0: It's interesting to kind of look at how far in the future that federal piece could potentially be. Do you think that's something that we're going to see, you know, in a couple of years or it's such a difficult thing to regulate, isn't it, from such a large standpoint of the state's?
1: Yeah, it is. I think there's some political pieces at play here which may make it quite challenging, given this is an election year. but I think we'll see something over the next 12 to 18 months, and that's really just because businesses can't continue to operate with a multitude of different regulations requiring slightly nuanced conditions. And so there will be a, a push from businesses to enact one kind of national standard. Microsoft came out a few weeks ago and actually said they will apply CCPA for all U.S. citizens and residents, which I think is sort of an indication that the CCPA may become at least the starting point for a standardized regulation. Yeah, it
0: definitely makes sense to kind of have that as a, a building block and a general kind of blueprint overall. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's very interesting to see what it's going to be like in the next 12 months or so. but. If we go back to obviously data privacy in general, and a lot of businesses and organisations, we saw it last year. It's such an important consideration when we're talking about mergers and acquisitions for companies. So, what can you tell us about the challenges of data privacy in that M and A transaction process?
1: Yeah, good question. Historically, data privacy was really sort of an afterthought, right? I mean, I think prior to the GDPR. So if we think back the early 2000s, you know, businesses kind of had freedom to collect personal information and share that personal information across their different subsidiaries and potential acquiring partners. However, you know, if you look at the CCPA, for example, it has provisions that relate to the sale of one's personal information. And so if you look at that, that Suggest that companies need to be aware when one of their companies that they're acquiring or looking to potentially acquire would be selling information because that disclosure needs to be produced and also may expose the company to additional risk. Similarly, for consent in Europe, for example, if businesses considering acquiring a European company or even maybe a, a US company that has operations in Europe – the consent of individuals' personal information by that organization needs to be considered because that may be part of the value of the organization. But if the consent was not collected in the appropriate means or using the appropriate mechanisms, the value of that personal information and potentially that brand equity, if you will, could be different. And so those are sort of two aspects that need to be considered for any M&A deal in the environment we're in.
0: It's a bit of a minefield, isn't it, to kind of navigate all of those different areas and when you've got customer data in there as well, it's difficult to put all of those into place. So what should organizations really have at the front of their head when they're talking about we're gonna do this MA, here's what we need to outline straight away?
1: yes that's a good question. You know, I think where personal data has been collected is a good starting point, right? So of so the start of the conversations, how is the organization collecting personal data? Where is it being stored? Are they proprietary systems that are housing this information? And if those proprietary systems have some form of inventory, that's obviously helpful. And then naturally there would be third party systems involved in that process as well. So creating some form of master inventory or map of personal data is important. Because the collection of that personal data and the way that it's processed will impact the value of the organization, especially if it's being collected incorrectly.
0: I think that's a good approach to have. And another thing that organizations need to focus on is the post deal is obviously uh, another factor that people need to you know, consider. So what are those considerations regarding the post deal privacy?
1: We talk a lot about this concept of continuous compliance, right? And that's a a challenge that businesses are really struggling with today because, you know, if you look at the approach that folks took leading up to the GDPR, there was a lot of focus on, you know, readiness, right? So how do companies get ready for the GDPR? And so post-acquisition, similar kind of things apply of, how do we keep the acquiring company that you know is now part of our umbrella in compliance because legally any fines or penalties may roll up to the parent so if you are the parent organization then understanding that a child organization the liability requirements may roll up that is important to ensure that that child organization is also complying and continuously complying with forthcoming regulations what does that mean it means understanding and and sort of documenting the systems that again are collecting personal information and the mechanisms of how they actually do that so what does the consent workflow look like and then also how the organization is communicating with its prospective clients or customers or perhaps even just web visitors because those communications can lead to liability. And again, that liability may roll up to the parent organization, which is something that, you know, often businesses don't consider as they go through transactions related to M&A.
0: And that's not something they want, is it? So (laughs) it's best to avoid that. (laughs) You you mentioned uh, data storage and and how all of this is, is handled. So I think it's important to kind of get your thoughts on how organizations, how they can really benefit from having an effective data inventory. And it's more about the steps on how they can achieve that.
1: You know, there's obviously the traditional method of, you know, really interviews with different departments. So they may be interviews with the marketing department and the sales department and the customer service department to understand just first off, what are the systems that have actually been purchased? because that's sort of the first step, right? Understanding what systems contain personal data is sort of the second step and then how that data is being used. So sort of the purpose of that data is sort of that third step. And so naturally you could do that with interviews or sort of surveys or questionnaires. And that's one approach. Obviously implementing technology like DataGrail, for example, would expedite that process and sort of mitigate a lot of the risk of human error and ongoing work that would be required to go through that process
0: because i guess there's a lot of risk there with how many systems organizations end up implementing and how many different aspects they have to their business i know i'm losing track of emails and logins at the rate of knots at this point so i guess that's kind of one of the biggest challenges and as you say it's getting rid of that human error so Do you think that's one of the most important aspects because a lot of organizations, when they're doing this process, a lot of steps can be missed and they can be very dangerous, as we mentioned, fines and issues coming later on?
1: Yeah, I mean, 100 percent. You know, we're using Zencaster today, right? This is another cloud provider that is operating a podcast service for us. And that's fantastic. But Zencaster will also have a whole separate set of subsidiaries or if you think about them as sub-processes that operate the Zencastra platform. So people sort of forget about the different systems that are in place and are perhaps managing sort of the day-to-day business operations, but containing personal data of potential customers or customers. And so, yeah, I mean, that first step of just understanding even the systems are in place really, really is important through any type of transaction.
0: Yeah, and then they can kind of progress from there and make sure they can stick to those regulations as best as possible. And speaking of regulations, at the top of the podcast, we were talking about the rise of data privacy, and it's such a priority for organisations now more than ever. It's you know it's, it's been the, the hot topic for a while now. So, in light of this, as we kind of wrap up here, what do you think
1: the future of data privacy is going to look like? Good sort of summary. I you know I think today you're seeing businesses make a change, right? I think there are some organizations like Apple, for example, that are coming out and actually leading with privacy, Microsoft doing the same. And that's happening because consumers sort of have this expectation that they have some transparency into how businesses are using their information and also that businesses are storing their information correctly. There's been a large number of incidents with different hotel chains and airlines where that hasn't been the case. And that creates certainly some challenges for businesses, both in brand degradation and a stock market value. So I think businesses that approach privacy over the next decade as a competitive advantage will gain significant market share. And that's a, a byproduct of just, you know, consumer trust. And so I think you'll see a, a significant change in the regulatory requirements. But really, you know, like I sort of mentioned earlier, this is just a socioeconomic change. And so, you know, expect consumers will continue to push businesses, but the right businesses will actually take the lead first.
0: Definitely. I think you hit the nail on the head there because consumer trust is everything and, People are becoming more and more switched on about how data gets used and what they're providing. So companies really do have to stay one step ahead and make sure they are providing that service. So I think you're 100% right there. Daniel, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. So thank you for coming on to the podcast and providing your insights into this matter.
1: Brilliant. Thanks, Max. Delighted to share.
0: No problem. And thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to this podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasting needs from. We'll be back next week with another in the Ask the Expert series. Thank you once again to Daniel, and we'll see you all back here next week. You've been listening to the EM360 podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com.